gonna give it a good try, but okay. I. <laughs> Uh, welcome back to another... I cannot have this conversation with you right now. Welcome back to another episode of... Maybe Next Time! I am your host, William Blue, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, it's coffee time! Ah, <laughs> oh, Nets Nation, if you could only see what Simon is calling coffee right now, you would be as appalled as I am. I have asked that he said it as far on the table away from me as possible. It is how many hours old, would you say? I got it around noon. Okay, so about four and a half hours old. Uh, But still just as good as it was at noon. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. Well, we are here as we are each and every week to talk all things Nets. And this week... In particular, Simon, I think we have a pretty hefty agenda to work our way through. Sure, sure. That's right. We have, uh, later on in the episode, if you want to skip right to it, I imagine it'll come at about the 45-minute mark, but of course, (laughs) there's no post-production here, so I have no idea where this is actually happening. (laughs) Um, We are going to do some mid-season wacky awards. Uh, the NBA season is halfway done, and we wanted to award our boys with some wacky prizes that we make up. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk kudus, obviously. You can't have a Nets podcast where you do not discuss kudus. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk Mike Scotto's article on jersey numbers, which oh, I would God. bet you did not know existed. No. Yeah, that's behind the the mighty athletic paywall, but it's worth every penny when you get a when you get a wait till wait till we get to the segment. But spoiler, <laughs> spoiler is it's not terribly interesting. But of course, before we get to any of that, Simon, I wanted to bring up some very interesting stats. Okay, it'll be brief. Okay, I promise. All right, so. Simon, this is going to be sort of a guessing game mixed in two stats. Rapid fire guessing stats all in one. I think it's probably novel for podcast form. We're doing it here for the very first time. Okay. Can you guess the top five nets in terms of PIE? That is NBA.com's player impact estimate. estimate. Yes, sure. Um, I'm not totally sure exactly what what is used in determining the PIE, but I know that Giannis and AD are the one and two at this, so it is an indication of if you're good at basketball, pretty much. Okay. We'll use it as an indication of that. Uh-huh. I'm sure I know who's high in this. <laughs> so, one through five, who is the Nets' number one PIE? Uh, I would say, is number one D'Angelo Russell? No. Is number one Jared Allen? No. Huh. He is a f- uh, quickly becoming one of our favorites. Oh, Kurutz. Nope. He's Ed a Davis? grinder. Ed yes. Davis? Ed really? Davis, number one, followed very closely by none other than your first guest. D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo yeah. Russell. D'Angelo Russell, number two in player impact estimate. Number three, another guy you've missin- uh, mentioned. And uh, I imagine Jared Allen. Jared Allen, mm-hmm. yes. Number four, a guy we haven't seen play in a while. Uh, Rondé? Had a scorching hot start to the season. Went down with a 
brutal oh, ankle Karis injury. Levert. Got it. Karis Levert okay. is number four, and at number five, the lowly Spencer Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. Okay. Uh, interestingly, as would be uh, you know indicated by the very interesting stats <laughs> I'm reading. Interestingly, Joe Harris is eighth. Would have thought he would be higher. Yeah. Um, and Rodion's is tenth. Hmm. I wonder if there's something to number of games played. Well, no, because Karras didn't play many games. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. It filtered out for, like, um, Allen Big Sauce Williams, who would be at one million right now. Right. Did you see that stat line? Eight points, eight rebounds, eight minutes or eight something? Eight minutes, eight points, eight rebounds, plus eight against the Raptors. I don't need to tell you we got demolished. So how yes. he was in there when we had a positive. D'Angelo also had uh, one of the, the, only, the only other yeah, yeah. meaningful minutes uh, that, was a, that was a plus in that game. Right. Uh, 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 I'd also, the... Um, the Croods thing, I know we're going to talk about this article in a, in a second, but, but uh, yeah, let's just talk about it then. Actually, I don't have a tie-in because he's not actually high in this PIE. Go, no, go he's ahead. not. But let's move on to top five offensive, and then we're going to do defensive similarly. Okay. So top five offensive rating per NBA.com. Okay. So I believe I read a Brian Lewis article recently that said Jared Allen was like 124 or 25 or something offensive rating. So I think he's number one. He is number four. Oh, okay. Number one was the guy who has been out for a while. Oh, Karis. Karis LeVert. Number two is Joe Harris. Ah. Number three is Hot Rod Kurutz. Okay. Four is Jared. And five, and this is where your jaw is about to hit the floor. Let's get a blanket down or something. <laughs> Jared Dudley Ooh, is the fifth highest so interesting. offensive rating on the Nets. Huh. Spencer is ninth. Hmm. And D'Lo, shockingly, is 11th. Oof. So, woof. Woof. So that gets us to defensive rating number one. Defensive rating, Simon, it's your guy. Uh, you're, Davis, the, right? no, you're the lone defender. Oh, of him. Travion Graham. Travion yeah, Graham, yeah, yeah. who's the only guy with a sub 100 rating. Mm. Um, so probably the only, yeah. But he has played so few games, it really can't be taken that seriously. Yeah, well, number two. But I do think he's our best perimeter defender. You say that, uh, <laughs> yeah, every time he's mentioned, that is what you say. So. He is. Um,. Number two is Ed Davis. Mm-hmm. Number three, Shabazz. Uh. Number four, Damari Carroll. And number five, and this is where your head is going to spin. Number five, D'Angelo Russell. That's incredible. That's incredible, That's incredible. Right? Now, I do think that they do, like, hide him. Like, few are the times when I see him guarding, you know, the Kimbas and the... The Kawhi, you know what I mean? Like they do try to get him off of the 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 best player. No, certainly but they do not. They do not give him a tough assignment out there. But that he is five yes. in this is pretty. Well, I'd say it's very interesting. Yeah, sure. Um, some interesting asides. Mm-hmm. Rondé Hollis Jefferson is eighth, even though he is thought he does get much harder assignments than D'Lo, but he is eighth. Um, and Spencer is 10th, even though he is routinely thought of as significantly better at defense than D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. So that is our stats for the week. 
Hmm. Okay. What did we learn from that? What are we taking away? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, I yeah. I do think the Trevion Graham thing is the most interesting uh, bit there. Why? Because it corroborates the thing that you say every time his name is mentioned? Yes. And I think that D'Angelo Russell being fifth in defensive rating is interesting as well. How about, um, well, it doesn't matter. Okay, we've already talked about it enough. We're moving on (laughs) to a Ringer article on Rodion Kurutz. Mm -hmm. Rookie sensation getting buzz around the league. He's on NBA rookie ladders. He is revered among Nets fans, and he is starting to get uh, looked at by people abroad. Sports pundits are Sports wild pundits about are wild about the guy. I wanted to read the first sentence of the or sorry, the opening to that piece mm. because I think it can help us begin to discuss Rodion. Okay. Latvian rookie Rodion Kurutz is a modern dream, a 3-and-D wing in the body of a small ball center. His unique skill set gives structure to a Nets team that might be only a superstar away from becoming a well-rounded powerhouse. A well-rounded powerhouse. Simon, how do those words correspond to the Nets team that you know and love? I continue to be much more aligned with Zach Lowe's assessment that we are about seven players away. Uh, Now, I mean, if powerhouse means, like, you are in the conversation for a home court in the opening round of the playoffs, potentially, Uh at at some point, or, you know, like, you know, next year, maybe we could get a four seed or something. Maybe we get a better record than, say, like, the Celtics or or the, the... Pacers, like, yeah, maybe if we get a superstar, that's possible. Uh-huh. And if that what if that's what a powerhouse is, then sure. If if a powerhouse is someone who is realistically going to challenge for the championship, a contender, yeah, then no. But powerhouse is enough of a, a vague term. That, sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So the article does provide, however, some beyond. I mean, I I, I found that a bit hyperbolic, um, but it did provide some interesting uh, stats on old Kudus. Yeah. So one thing that jumped out to me, he's he, at the time of this article about a week ago, less than a week ago, he was thirty-seven of forty-one from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. So he's shooting over ninety percent from the free throw line. Good sign. Yes. Extremely good sign. You, you, there's like a, a stat that Lonzo Ball is shooting 45% from the free throw line, which uh, is extremely ominous for people high on him ever becoming a good shooter in the right. league. Um, just the opposite for Roddy. 90% suggests that the guy actually can shoot and will only get better as as he gets more reps mm-hmm. and as he gets more comfortable and he gets more coaching on shooting. And they actually run plays for him. Yes, which is certainly not something they do. Uh, they also say that he has bought into the an- uh, analytics-oriented philosophy in Brooklyn. Almost everything he shoots is either a three-pointer, 39% of his field goal attempts, or within five feet of the rim, 51.6. So 90% of his shots are either threes or at the rim, essentially. Right. right. Which is a coach like Kenny Atkinson or a Mike D'Antoni or guys like these wet 
dream. Mm-hmm. Wet Latvian dream. <laughs> uh, and it, the article concludes with some what I like to call Simon Catnip. <laughs> Hit me! <laughs> it says, Kurutz cost them a shot at Zion because... He made us too good, and now we can't tank uh, effectively enough to be in the Zion tank race. But he might give them a chance to sign Jimmy Butler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a rumor, by the way, that is coming up over and over. It was mentioned in the Brian Winhurst thing. There was another Ringer podcast that mentions it. Oh, really? Another yeah, one? Another one that mentions it. Simon, let's talk Butler for a moment. Or Kudutz. Yeah, let, 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 I'll, I'll start with some stuff that I think we agree on, and then we'll move and to... And then we'll move to some more controversial fare. Yeah, that's right. Um, so on Kurutz, uh, I was I was heartened uh, to hear them basically describe Kurutz the way that they... The way that I have described him, I would, I would say to pat myself on the back, but also the way that they have talked about Mikhail Bridges, where, like... Even when Mikhail Bridges isn't lighting up the um, stat sheet, uh, and same with Rhodey, they're still really good to have on the court because they stretch the floor, they don't eat up a lot of usage, and as you talked about, when they do score, they're scoring in in hyper-efficient ways, either drives or threes. And, like, you can't really, seems like, have enough of those players. And, and when you're a team like the 76ers, you see how valuable that is because they don't have enough yeah. of those players. He's positionally very valuable in right. modern NBA. Yeah, so I I think it's great. I, I think he's one of the, the players that I'm I'm very, very excited about. Uh, and as we talked about, that couldn't have been further from the truth when he was drafted. Um, uh, on to Butler. I that's w- it. That's it. We're leaving Rhodey behind. I'm fine with that. Oh, we can... Oh, sure. Yeah. No, no, no. I do I'm, have more to no, say. No, not really, but it just seems a, a pity that we're going to say goodbye so quickly to a new friend. But yeah, I have nothing really to say. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I think that article sums up a, a lot of what we've been saying. Okay. Um, and, and provided some statistical backing. We'll be talking it. about him plenty going forward. He is, is the new face of the franchise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, uh, and and, and uh, another thing that that um, was mentioned in another the previous podcast that I think is is sort of alluded to in the article as well is is like the the Nets don't have that many. Karis Levert is maybe the only other perimeter player that's like this, but we either have players who are good shooters like a Joe Harris or theoretically uh, Alan Crabb on the wing or uh, good ball handlers like um, D'Angelo and, and Spencer. But all of those players are are pretty bad at defense, uh, pretty straight-up bad at defense. Say that to fifth best fifth. on the team, D'Angelo yeah. Russell. Yeah, I, I, I will stake my statistical reputation on, on, on that. Uh, but... But Rhodey is actually good at both. Um, he is, and he seems to be an irritant at defense, so that, that's exciting, too. I don't know. Anything else from you? No. Nope. I feel bad for not no, no, no. saying more. No, I mean, yeah, I think we've said plenty. We're talking about Rhodey and Kurutz. How much do you, <laughs> how much do you really need to say? I'm, that, that ate up about five minutes of, of quality time. Okay. So, Jimmy Butler. All right. So, I think 
You know, I am starting. You know, the the, the podcast you you fed me to poison my <laughs> to poison me from my Jimmy Butler. Th- I mean, look, it is not a good sign. It is not a good sign. Let me start with What's things I'm sure we don't sign? agree with. It's not a good sign that he's already causing trouble in Philly. It's not a good sign that he. Uh, cost Thibodeau his job. It's not a good sign that Chicago uh, didn't want him, really, or didn't want to invest in him, at least. Um, Those are all real, real bad signs. Here's the only thing that I will say, and again, he's he wouldn't be my top free agent target. He he would be well below um, both uh, Tobias and Kristaps in terms of dream net um, in the off season. He'd rather have Tobias than Jimmy Butler. Oh yeah, he, hugely. I I think he would be so much. I think he would be so good on this team, on the Nets team, and I think he is like a rare combination of like yes, he's not a superstar, but like he also. His lack of uh, star ego uh-huh. b- compared to his actual talent yeah. is like a really good ratio. Right. He's like the anti-Butler. He works really hard. Each year he makes an, an improvement, um, but he does it in a, in a totally modest, sort of soft-spoken, understated way. Yes. Which is... The exact opposite of Butler right. in terms of totally. presentation and style. Totally, I, I, absolutely, and I think that's super valuable. Um, but would <laughs> I would I turn the thing that I, I continue to be a little wary of is is like just dismissing a Butler acquisition out of hand, like uh, you know, throw away, like. I don't know. I, I I think if the Sixers were willing, I don't know. I, I just feel like we're so far, you know, we just saw a vivid example of this in the Toronto game. Like, we're real, real far from being a good team. Yeah. And so I think we should take a hard look at, it, at any player who is very, very good, who is a high-end talent, which we lack so very much, and, you know, maybe take a pass, but at least I wouldn't just... Just say, for, forget it, Jimmy is totally out of question. I, I think it's he's worth a look. Sure. No, he's good, but the, I think the point is you know he's going to bring massive issues to the locker room, okay? So that's that's just a given at this point. There were some <laughs> questions like maybe Chicago and Minnesota were just the wrong situation. Uh-huh. Now he goes and in record time for Jimmy Butler. <laughs> <laughs> it's become a toxic situation where they're talking about blowing up this team with two young superstars. Are they really? and, Well, like something has to, has to give, basically. Hmm. Um, they're talking about, do they need to trade Ben Simmons? Do they need to trade Jimmy Butler, they don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, so it's it's bad. So, like, whatever, he's going to bring that very bad element into the locker room. Mm-hmm. But you could theoretically forgive that if you're a team like ours where he's not he's going to be the clear best player, so that's out of the, you know, he won't have to struggle for alpha status in our locker room. But the problem is, if, like, Jimmy Butler has been on teams with infinitely more talent than the Nets, and what is the best? He's not even made a finals. So he's not, even when he's surrounded by more talent, his talent alone is not sufficient to make a team really good. Hmm. If he's on the nets, what is the best that, like, we're still not going to be close to the talent level of Boston, of the Raptors, 
of the team that he's helping to uh, destroy right now, Philadelphia, and arguably of Indiana. Um, And so I understand why it would be worth taking a risk on a star who perhaps has a really horrible attitude. Like, I I love a lot of the, like, Allen Iverson or something like that. Yeah, go for it. Throw it all at him. We'll ride the train, and he'll get you somewhere. Like, Allen Iverson dragged Philadelphia's carcass to the finals one year. Jimmy Butler isn't that good. Like, he's good, but he's not good enough to warrant the shitstorm that comes down with him. Well, I I would push back a bit on on that just to say that, like, Jimmy Butler is a cantankerous cancer that actually does improve team. Like, they're, they're, they're a record pre-Butler and post-Butler. Yes. Yeah, no, no, close. no. They're better. They're better with him on the team. And guess what better means? Not the best team in, in, in the East. Mm-hmm. This not even close to the best team in the East. They're in fourth right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Minnesota, it was... They had to win a game at the very end of the season to make the playoffs. And again, that was because he missed some time. Mm-hmm. But when they got into the playoffs, they left in the first round. And he had Carl motherfucking Anthony Towns, one of the best offensive centers in the entire NBA. Although that team is not exactly er- erupting right now without him. No, they're like, not. They're, they're, they're not good. No, absolutely not. They're not good right now either. I think they're better than the Nets in terms of talent. They have more talent than the Nets. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't think there's. I, I I think the Nets have figured out a way to to create a situation where like you're greater than the sum of your parts. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they, Minnesota didn't really have a chance to do that because they spent the beginning <laughs> three weeks of the season dealing with one of the most <laughs> catastrophic player versus franchise, uh, you know, blow ups in the recent history of the NBA, all caused by Jimmy Butler. So that's, it's, I mean, they haven't really had a chance to gel. They just fired their coach because of Jimmy Butler. I mean, they're dealing with the fallout of that shitty, shitty fucking guy, Jimmy Butler. Um, again, good at basketball, very toxic on any team he goes to, probably not good enough to warrant bringing that into a locker room. IMHO. Yeah, so you would, you would be... You would be how, how take me through your emotional state if you find out Nets sign Jimmy Butler to a four year max uh, contract. Um, we're gonna have to wait at least five years to have a chance to begin developing a team that could be a championship team. Ouch! That is what but, it would but, be. But that doesn't mean that we're necessarily if, if you sign it to him to a max thing, it doesn't mean you'll never ever have cap space ever again, does it? I mean I mean, it's gonna be huge amounts of money. Like It's like hundred fifty million over four years, yeah. Yeah, right. Well that's what you want to throw at, at Chris Stapps. I mean Yeah, I, but Chris Stapps is twenty three years old and just yeah. and it only gets mad at the Knicks because they don't play him as much as he wants. Like and and have treated him very badly and are systematically keeping him out of playing games this year. Like that is a way different player to bring in. Well, I don't. Yeah, I I don't I don't think that signing one max player means that you'll never ever have have cap flexibility again and you'll never be able to improve your team. Yeah, for no, as long but as you I have I that think that, on your well, team. yeah, I think that Jimmy Butler one is significantly has a much lower ceiling than Kristaps Porzingis. Oh yes, sure. And uh, is going to age. That contract will age very badly, just as Chris Paul's contract is currently looking very bad in terms of age. How many years does he have left on this contract? They just signed him to a four-year contract. They just signed they him? They just signed him to it. So he has three more after this yes. year? Yes. Huh. Yeah. 
Um, it's like 36, isn't he? He's 34. 34. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I just don't think that Jimmy Butler's abilities match the negatives that he brings off the court. Hmm. Okay. Like, you'd have, like, if Kevin Durant, if you put Jimmy Jimmy Butler's personality into Kevin Durant, I would say, sure, go for, like, try uh-huh. it. Like, it's worth it because Kevin Durant is fucking amazing and, you know, the second best player in basketball. Jimmy Butler... You could argue him out of the top 15 players easily in basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Well, I, I, I for one, would, would welcome a Jimmy Butler signing. I wouldn't welcome it as much as, uh, as a couple of two or three other uh, free agent targets. Okay. But I love the guy. I love watching him play. I, I truly love his style of basketball. Yeah, no, he's fun. I watched a little of a Philly game the other night, and... Uh, Ben Simmons threw him a couple oops. Uh, yeah, he's good. He is very cocky. I like that. He's got a lot of swagger. He's very confident. <laughs> <laughs> All pluses in my book, but um, the track record of scorched earth franchises that he has left in his wake are troubling. <laughs> I would imagine probably Sean Marks feels the same way. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but 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 let let's just and then we can. I mean, unless you have more to say, this is the last I have to say on this. Uh, I I don't think we can say that he has blown up Philly yet because Philly is still you know again markedly improved from where they were without Jimmy Butler, and we should wait and see because they're not totally dysfunctional. They're they're right no. now they're they're winning games, they're and winning that's the games. ultimate like. Marker, really. If, I mean, if people dislike each other and they win, that's still a successful team. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they end up trading away Ben Simmons, I think that would be a horrible thing for Philadelphia. But yeah, yeah, I think I think more likely they will find more shooters. Maybe a Joe Harris. Maybe a Joe Harris. Um, all right. Let's move on to something infinitely more captivating, Simon. Nothing is more captivating than Jimmy Butler, but I... <laughs> uh, You haven't heard this yet. Jersey numbers. Oh, right. So Mike Scotto dropped a killer <laughs> article behind a very high paywall at The Athletic about Nets jersey numbers. Mm. So... I'm going to go through a few, and then I've got a question for you. Okay. So, do you know what number Kenny Atkinson likes? No. He likes number 10. Okay. Because Diego Maradona wore it. The great um, Argentinian? Okay. I think. You could tell me any place that he's from, and I would not know. Um, Never heard of that. Definitely, person. he he has like the hand of God. He like handballed a goal in the World Cup, and I think their team won. Um, <coughs> so he wore, and Kenny says he would fight people for that number. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, not very interesting. So less interesting <laughs> still <laughs> are. These two, all right? Uh-huh. So, Levert and Jared Allen have incredible stories behind their numbers, and I want I want you to know them. Levert, quote, when I got here, 22 was available, so I wore it. <laughs> okay. 
Good. I mean, most of them are like, yeah, like my mom likes this number, mm-hmm, or like mm-hmm. I have a cousin who played basketball who like, not again, not terribly compelling, but there was some reason other than it was there I wore it. Mm-hmm. Jared Allen. Jared Allen got the number 33 at an AAU tournament because it was an extra jersey available. <laughs> Is he 31? 31, what did I say? 33. Oh, I meant 31. So those are those are the two things, uh, the three the three things that really stood out to me about that article. Uh-huh. Simon, were you a Brooklyn Net? What number would you want to wear? But does that mean that any numbers that other players have, I can't no. take? No, you oh. obviously were you a Brooklyn Net, you would be the star. You'd oh, be the okay, Jimmy great. Butler on the great. team. Okay, the Jimmy get, Show. The Jimmy Show. You get to pick whatever number you want. Okay. Uh, I would pick number one then because Penny so you're Hardaway taking wore D-Lo's number one. Number? Yeah, yeah, that's Ooh. right. Um, that's my favorite number for for basketball. Okay. Uh, also, again, just another an excellent Scotto suck job on this one. <laughs> Boy, he's really going at that bone over there. Yeah. Well, that's that's better than the alternative of whimpering at us. Yeah, that's true. All right, Simon, we have something very special that we haven't done in a while. Yeah. It's gossip time. Great. Will, will you do me a favor and just quickly make sure we're still recording after that? <coughs> we are. <laughs> okay. We are. No, no, I don't even need to check. I can just feel it. Okay. Uh, no, okay, we are. Um, it is gossip time, Simon. Great. So, this gossip is brought to you by Claire, who found this in her Instagram feed. Great, great. So, she still follows... Mm-hmm. Um. Oh my God! I'm gonna. Okay, Trevor Booker. Mm. Trevor Booker. I think Claire might be a bigger Nets fan than you or me because she is. Well, still following people like Trevor Booker. Mm -hmm. Um, he did something on his stories where you can like put up a question and people can submit um questions to you, and or you solicit questions. They'll ask you questions and then you answer them on your thing. So, Trevor Booker put up this thing that said, ask me anything. Someone asked him, who is the most annoying teammate you've ever had? To which Trevor Booker publicly replied, Prawley Spencer Dinwiddie, aggravating as shh. Okay, but but okay, that is that is hot and heavy, and I I I I, I know you hot and heavy is not the right word, but Whatever. that that is big. But that I, is gossip. I will say that I always or I I haven't seen one recently, but but I I have seen several things that Nets Daily has retweeted of Spencer like mock, like teasing Trevor Booker. Yeah. Like saying like see you 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 know see you finally said something smart or something like that. So I think they are buddies. Yeah, I didn't know if it was sincere or mm. not. Yeah. Um, it certainly could be insincere. It could be a joke. It could be ironic. Or it could be like, you know, like you and I might tease one another about sure. something, right. but it doesn't mean we hate but one another. Claire was thinking because he didn't tag Spencer in it, uh, that it could suggest that it was be- that he was being earnest in that response. Interesting. Uh, Nets Nation, if you have any details on Trevor Booker's actual feelings regarding this, although I'm sure he probably listens as well. Yeah. Just to keep up with the base. We yes. never got, that was my one regret of the Trevor Booker era is that we never had him on the program. 
Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, speaking of Nets Nation, Nets Nation reached out to us on Twitter. Did you see this? No. I DM'd it to you. Oh, is this the thing about, uh, do you, what would... I'll, I'll... Go ahead. Uh, uh, at Chaos Levert, uh-huh. good, good handle, tweeted at us, question for the pod, over, under, 3.5, the number of Nets players that will participate in All-Star Weekend. Ooh, I did not see this. When did you DM me? A few days ago, when we got it. Oh, God, I'm terrible at Twitter. Okay. Yeah, same, same here. Thank you for the question, Chaos Yes, thank Robert. you. Uh, thanks for listening. Keep them coming. Uh, I have to assume this is not a totally serious question. Yeah? That said, with the right odds, I would be willing to take the over on this. Huh. Because I think that a strong case could be made that... Rody and Jarrett are for sure going to do. I sincerely believe they will be in the up-and-coming game. Uh-huh. So that's two that are definitely going to be in the up-and-coming. Okay. I The argument, as we talked about last week, for Joe Harris being in the three-point contest is there. Yep. It's a good story, they, and he's also good at three. And they made a cheeky video. To, they made a to cheeky video. For him. Did you see that? No. Oh, it's like him. It's like Joe Harris was born to shoot, and it shows him like... Shooting eggs into a frying pan, shooting like groceries into a basket, shooting the ball, a basketball over the the hoop thing in Barclays. Like the, uh-huh. you know, there's like the little like circle around the like the top of anyway. They made a video. Oh, the big in front of the stadium. Yeah, the big steel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, great. So anyway, there's three that mm-hmm. are. Fairly conceivable. Where the the 3.5 makes it hard is we'd need then someone in the actual game. Mm -hmm. I guess I suppose we could have someone in the skills challenge, but that seems unlikely. Well, Spencer could have to defend his crown. I don't think they bring people back for that. Mm. It's such a joke category that I think (laughs) you you do it once and then they move on. Um, But I think... There's a strong precedent for teams that are clearly going to make the playoffs of including a player from that team. And since this year media and and fans only select the starters and coaches select the other ones, there's a thought that like they're going to try to fill out the roster with like the best player on each of the other playoff teams. Huh. In which case, if the Nets continue to be in 6th, 7th, place in the East, I think that there is a not impossible chance that D'Angelo Russell makes it, in addition to which he's also popular, has a fairly large actual fan base that Uh the NBA might be interested in. Mm -hmm. So, with the right odds, I would go, I'd take the over, Mm. but I think probably it'll be two. Yeah, I'd take the under. (laughs) You'd take the under. Shocker. (laughs) <laughs> um, all right. Well, that, Simon, brings us to our theme of the week. Oh, great. Which is the mid-season awards segment, a.k.a. the Wacky Awards. <laughs> Thanks. We needed something to spice things up here. Sure. Um, so we have each come up with three to four different Award categories. Mm-hmm. I was going to do it where I would say my award category and have you guess. Okay. Who the winner is. Okay. Uh, does that seem reasonable? Sure. 
All right. Do you do you want to say one of yours first? Sure, sure. Uh, this one is an easy guess. Uh, net most likely to be found at a Weight Watchers meeting. <laughs> uh, Simon, I think that the threat of having to go to Weight Watchers is going to be exacerbated by the fact that he is now injured yeah. and no longer able to even go through practice. I'm thinking <laughs> you're talking hammy down Jared Dudley. Absolutely. That's correct. All right, great category. Simon, I've got an award for most likely to get traded. Ooh. Uh, hmm. This is kind of a serious question. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, I don't know. I guess maybe I would say Shabazz Napier just because he's going to get your hand if you're not careful. There's so little there's so little um there's so little room to maneuver like if you're going to try to move like a 15 million dollar contract it's very tough. Yeah. So like Damari I know is like a possibility but like the reason I say Shabazz is is not because I think teams would be more interested in Shabazz but his contract is so small that you can work it in in a more I don't know. There's more flexibility. Yeah. No, I my two finalists for this, I didn't have a winner. Can't pick a winner here. Yeah, sure. Were Damare and Shabazz. Mm. Uh, same reason. Shabazz, much more, uh, much easier to move the contract. It's a really good contract. And he's putting together a pretty decent season. Yeah. As he has, really, his whole career. Yeah. Um, and Damare Carroll, who I think there is a lot of interest in, but he just, there's a lot more money involved. Right. All right, what's your next award? Uh, my next award, Bill, is a uh, player most likely to be to hire a lobbyist in New York State to pass uh, legalized <laughs> marijuana. All right. Now, we have a pretty progressive team assembled, mm-hmm. and I think in general... The NBA is full of dudes who are very pro-legalize um, it. Yeah. As I think it's safe to say we both are. Yes. I think that's safe to say. Is that safe to assume that you are pro-legalize it? Yes. Even after some of your your um, reactionary statements last time. Yes. Um, okay. So I would say... <laughs> I don't remember those statements. No, you just said something that was like about how you were angry at liberals. Oh, at yeah. the liberals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, but I think on the net, Simon, one man stands out above all as particularly 420 friendly. That's right. And that man is... Kenneth Free. That's right, and I think he would be particularly interested in in uh, any legislation that passes uh, being able to expunge people's records yeah. <laughs> for activities that are now legal. Yes, absolutely. Um, and expunge the Nets organization's memory of that event <laughs> having happened, which I'm sure he credits with his lack of playing time. Yeah. We all have to rationalize our lives somehow. (laughs) All right. I'm just going to get this one over with because it's the same winner. Okay. Uh, Award for Neto and most like to buy a drink for or have a drink with. I don't know why I said buy a drink for. Okay. Have a drink with. Uh Uh-huh. Kenneth Free. Oh, why? Uh, For the – because it's clear he likes a party. (laughs) Uh, And – 
He's just got, like, a lot more time on his hands. Like, he doesn't have to, you know, if you're going out with D'Angelo or something, like, there's a probably a bedtime there. Because, you know, there's expectations that he's got to play, that he's got to go to practice, that he's got to lead, that he's got to be sort of on his game. Kenneth Reed need not concern himself with yeah. those sorts of things. You have a, you're going to have a late, late night with Kenneth <laughs> Reed, uh, which is what I want when I take out an NBA player. Sure. I want a very late night. Sure. Uh, do you have anyone you'd like to go out with in particular? Hmm. I don't know. I I'd like to see what what uh, Roddy Rody is like. Yeah, I mean the first problem with Rody would be he's he's underage. So oh, whatever right. you're doing that's with right. him would technically be illegal. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's how, that's how old I am. Uh, all right, your final award. Okay. My final award is the uh, first annual James Webb III Stretch Four That Can't Actually Shoot Threes Award. Excellent. Um, great award <laughs> and a, a better throwback. Thank you. Um, Thank as you. surely a few people listening will remember, Jimmy Webb III... Uh, was briefly a net last season. Yes. I think we called him up from the Philadelphia G League team. Okay. Uh, and he became ours for a very brief period of time. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea where he is now. No, I don't either. Love to know. Jim, we we did reach out to him. Yes. I I think I uh, DM'd him. Yeah. He never got back to me. We we thought we thought we might be able to get an interview with Jimmy Webb. <laughs> Me didn't. Didn't happen. In the end. It's because I don't have that goddamn blue dot on Twitter. Mm. Um, otherwise, he would have been super game. Uh, okay, so stretch four that isn't good? Yeah. Um, at shooting? Yeah. Rondé Hollis Jefferson? No. I'm the, well, my, my answer for this is, is unfortunately Travion du- Graham. Oh. Uh, I would say Jared Dudley was definitely nominated for, for said award, but nobody <laughs> quite like that guy, and I love him, best perimeter defender on our team. Yeah. But he is a brick house. He's a nightmare <laughs> offensively. His percentages were pretty good coming in from Charlotte. Yes. And then he had the preseason game where he shot a bunch and bricked all of them. And you're like, well, that's nerves. He's trying to impress Kenny Atkinson. Yeah. He's in a new situation. He wants, you know, he's terrible offensively. Yes. yes. Um, yeah, he had a drive the other game. You were gone, I think. And he and he just threw it straight in the air. Not even towards the basket. It was just yeah. sort of like flying through the lane, straight up in the air. Came nowhere near anything. I think he's in his own head, too. I mean, I don't yeah. think he was an elite shooter before that, but I think he has got a, like, crab syndrome of, like, right. really also, overthinking. Uh, you really have to stretch to make him a stretch for. <laughs> he is, he six, is five, six, D'Angelo six. Russell's height. Yeah, so yeah. He's got some girth he's on not, him. He's not a classic power forward, but <laughs> in today's game, anything will fly. That's true. All right, my final one, Simon. Instead of the MVP award going to the most valuable player, MVP is going to stand for most likely to voluntarily appear on our podcast. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent reading of that. Yeah, I wanted to emphasize the M and the V and the P. 
So, Simon, who do you think is the most likely net or net as affiliate? It could be, you know, Ian Eagle. It could be Sean Marks. Hmm. It's, you know, you two have to have a relationship. And for evidence of that, go to our um, Instagram account where you can find pictures of Simon and Sean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, huh. I don't. I don't. Re- I don't really know. Uh, to to be honest, um, I don't. I don't have a good answer. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's all right. You know, you gave it a try. <laughs> That's all you can ask, right? Uh, I thought. I think. I both thought and do continue to think uh, that we should aim for either Alan Big Sauce Williams, mm. who seems super enthusiastic. I saw on his Twitter to be back with the Nets after the brief China hiatus. Yeah. Uh, so I think he and he's very enthusiastic on the bench. He's very enth- and the bench <laughs> on the bench. Um, he's very enthusiastic on Twitter to be back. He said that. Uh, God must want him back here, mm-hmm. which, you know, whatever, again, whatever gets you through <laughs> the day. <laughs> uh, so Jesus wants him here, and he's excited to be here, so I think we could reach out to him. <laughs> and I think it'd be a thrill for a guy to hear from someone, uh, you know, that wants to, to talk to him after the the uh, rebuke he got from China. Yeah, I wonder what happened I, there. I don't know. Um, I was thinking him or, and this is similarly a guy who's sort of on the edges, Janin Musha. Mm. Uh, I would imagine he's not that chill with his Euro bro, Rody sucking up all the oxygen in the room. Yeah. He was the higher pick. Yeah. He was the more lauded recruit. Yeah. Um, he's supposed to be the star, not Rodi. Right. Not not a lot of ringer pieces on uh, Not Musa. a lot of people in the national media talking about Jean and Musha. Um, which, and apparently his English is a little bit better than yes. Rodi's. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking maybe we hit him up See if he wants to get on the line. Uh, Skype us in. We have the technology. So we've established a long and storied history of being able to successfully interview people on Skype. Yes. Um, Let's do it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right. Do you want to reach out to one of those two? Sure. Which one? The problem is that the Nets will control it. I mean, you you can send them a tweet, but I'm sure every one of them is told any interview requests need to go through Nets PR. Nets PR, Bill, I don't need to tell you, has given us crickets (laughs) when we've reached out to them before. Uh, I thought you were talking to that one about getting press credentials. Yeah, yeah, that woman reached out, but it's a separate email and a separate. Well, I perhaps think, you could re- you could the... try to get in touch with her. Well, she doesn't do that. She's she might a know the guy. Yeah. Okay. I, yes. I will. Simon, let's break it down on air. I will reach out and we will see what happens. I know what will happen. Yes, All right. Happy to so do. I will reach out to Alan Big Sauce Williams. Great. You can get after Jean. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, Simon, I want to bring up something that you wanted to discuss, which is that the Nets signed Paul Zipser. 
So they didn't actually do that, as it turned out. They were gonna. They, the rumor was that he was gonna be the Big Sauce Williams replacement. Right. But nevertheless, I would still like to do my rant about Stretch Four's bill, if you'll if you'll allow me. Hey, we got all the time in the world. Uh, thank you. So, okay, I appreciate that. I'll try to make it brief. But no, we do have all the time in the world. <laughs> no, really, stop it. <laughs> uh, so. Um, my thing was, so, so that guy, I don't know, it doesn't really matter what his name is or whatever, um, he was billed as Zipser? a stretch. Zipser? Right. Sorry, you just said it, so thank you, Bill. Paul uh, Zipser? I totally forgot that. I, I have a story about my incredibly, my incredible lack of short-term memory that is similar oh my to my, my grandma's, uh, who is quite a bit older than me. Anyway, um, so, the, so... In the article talking about how we had reportedly signed him to a two-way contract, it mentions that, one, he's a stretch four, and two, that he shoots 33% from the three-point line. I think that there that, that term is totally meaningless. If we are going to apply it to people who shoot several percentage points below even an average three-point percentage, I think that, like, if you're between 6'7 and 6'10 – you're just told by, and you're you have no discernible basketball talent. Your agent is like, just say you're a stretch four because if you shoot a three at some sort of percentage, maybe they'll say, oh, you'll you know. I, I just don't think that it's a very, it's a cheapened uh, use of that term. Like, if you want to talk, uh, you know. Um, Tobias Harris, that's a stretch four. He shoots 40% from three. Yeah, he's really good at threes. Um, if you shoot 33% uh, from three, you're not a stretch four. You are a no discernible talent basketball player. <laughs> Simon, it's hard to believe you'd say that about a guy who averaged four points last season <laughs> in 54 yeah, is, games right. for the Chicago Worthless Bulls, shooting... from three. Okay. The year before, that's a huge upgrade from the year before we shot 33.3%. So you can tell with that sort of improvement. Yeah. This is just a James Webb the third all over again. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound great. Ooh, and his effective field goal percentage plummeted last season too. Yeah. Um, he stands out there and shoots threes. He is like a dragon bender. Like, you just can't... These people cannot be allowed to describe themselves with any sort of positive adjective based on their three-point shooting. Uh, before we take off, I agree we shouldn't get Paul Zipser. Before, <laughs> <laughs> before we take off, you know, uh, 538 has this win projection machine. Okay. Have you heard about it? No. So anyway, they have a win projection machine for MB- for the NBA, where they project out what you know what teams are going to win. Okay. Um, so as we know, five thirty eight has infallible projections. Yes. Uh, and they currently projected us to win thirty seven games, which would have us making the playoffs, and they actually have the chance of us making the playoffs at 60%. That seems so high to me. Like, as as you uh, mentioned, I forget where you were talking about this, but 
but um, there's been articles written about this. The the last half of the season is a bear for for yeah. the Nets. They play the the a strong majority of their team of, of the teams we play are currently in playoff position. We have the fourth toughest schedule, I think, based on um, winning percentage of the p- opponents we play, and I think it's first in the Eastern Conference. I think. Okay. Um, it's very high. It's anyway, high. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's extremely we have a tough, tough, tough road ahead. Um, so, and, and I also feel like maybe you disagree with this bill, but I, I feel like we're starting to slip a bit. Like I understand we beat the Hawks by a bunch. Um, but I think we're not totally locked in the way we were, say, when we were beating the Sixers, when we were beating the Raptors, when we were beating the Lakers. I mean, the road win, the road game in Toronto is just a tough game. We're not going to win that game. Yeah, but, yeah. No, I agree. Like, but, what other game has been really bad? Well, I don't think it was great that we were losing by 18. I know we came back, but it's not great that we were losing by 16 or 18 against the Hawks. I, 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 just, have, I just feel like they're just not as locked in they're not as sharp they're not as as hungry as I, as I've seen them previously I didn't we we got blown out recently too did, who, who yeah, did we lose to we, it was a schedule loss right uh, the Celtics we got the we Celtics. got we got completely destroyed by the Celtics we got completely destroyed by the Bucks we've we've been just shellacked by by good by actual good teams yeah yeah, yeah. And it sounds like we're playing a lot more of those types of teams as the schedule goes forward. I will say in the Hawks game, after it was the game right after the Celtics game, that they did come out with a different energy, a very much more subdued energy, and one where it seemed like their schedule loss may have hurt Whatever sort of juju they right. had going going yeah. into that schedule loss. Yeah, and I, I I think there's surely something psychologically to like you you can say even when you're playing against a, a bad team and you win it still feels good and I think even when you lose to a much better team still you know feels bad it hurts your confidence right. even if you can say well that's a much better team you know what are you gonna do right not to mention in their defense. Um, and I don't love defending them, but <laughs> in their defense, there are a lot of injuries on this team. Youth, yeah, third of our team. Right. We are way down. Uh, we could use Musha coming back, actually. Yes, we could use, I mean, the other, yeah, the other troubling thing is, like, there's not a clear, like, player that's coming back anytime soon. And, in fact, I think the player that might be coming back soon is the most useless, Alan Crabb. Oh, yeah, he just adds... He he is um, subtraction by addition. <laughs> and, yeah. I would actually rather have Jared Dudley out there. These oh, hundred percent. I'm I am grudgingly coming around to Jared Dudley. Yeah. Not as a guy. I really again. I would rather he be a coach. Yeah. But he has played pretty well. He has shot pretty well in the la- before he got injured. He's made some big threes. He's not. He doesn't make horrible mistakes. He's not Quincy. He's much better than Quincy. Yes, AC. and he can. We t- do not have a Quincy AC this no, season. No, our bench is much much improved. Yeah. Uh, I also think that you know he continues to show up as, as your your stat stats corner Bill stats corner showed today. But he continues to show up on all these advanced metrics. It's like wow, like that's surprising. He has th- this rating or you know whatever. Yeah. No, I know. Uh, but that hamstring. 
is going to be a while. That's yeah. a bad injury. I've never Hamstrings seen are bad. Yeah. 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 And especially for a guy who's, you know, one of very few professional athletes who does not make me feel body conscious. Yes. Um, yes. That's probably a bad sign for his recovery rate. Yes. He's got a lot of wear and tear on that big old body of his. Yeah. All right, Simon, where the heck can people find us? You can find us uh, at maybe next time on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Please, please send us your emails, your thoughts, your questions, your desires to maybe next time at gmail.com. And also check us out, review us on iTunes, Stitcher. And uh, Spotify, please give us those five star reviews. <laughs> um, we are really close to a hundred followers on Instagram. That is amazing, but that is we should have millions, folks. It's a it's a great Instagram. It, it is the the social media property that I think people will have the most fun. With. Yeah, I think people will get a real hoot out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, follow, like, subscribe, at us, mm-hmm. questions. Thank you once again to Chaos Levert. Yes, thank you. Big shout. Follow him on t- him or her on Twitter. Uh, and I guess we'll just go ahead and see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. Together too long, like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed, and in the personal columns, there was this letter I read.